Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us for Q&A. Uh, this is your opportunity to ask questions if you have them from the sermon this morning. So the number's up on the screen. Um, and as always, we encourage you to send them in. We have a few that have come in. Um, and those yeah. questions may spark additional questions for you. So please feel free to send those in. Um, Doug, it would be a pleasure for him to answer those for you. <laughs> this yes, morning. It, it would. And so maybe before you ask the first question, mm-hmm. Just lots of gratitude. I'm sure if you listened, you uh, appreciated the story that Abby shared. Mm. Very personal. Um, and just a reminder of how good and gracious our God is as a heavenly Father uh, who meets us in our time of need, who orchestrates uh, in His perfect sovereignty uh, moments that we never forget. I'm sure she will never forget that moment, the Lord putting that song in her car in that moment of grief and realizing this was the Lord answering her prayer, how does the joy of the Lord become my strength? And uh, she asked the Lord, and the Lord answered her in a very personal way. So uh, sometimes, I think I shared with you, sometimes things that are are so personal from the Lord can feel cheapened when we share them because, well, at least for me, I experience them. Then when I tell them, I can't give enough. I can't give words that experience sufficiently uh, how sweet what the Lord did in my heart was. And so I almost hate to share it because it lessens it. So as much as I rejoiced for and with Abby, I had that real sense that it's even sweeter and more precious than her words are able to describe. So I'm grateful that she was willing to uh, embrace her tears and share in that personal moment and encourage if the Lord gives you uh, a God moment like that, it can be scary to share it, but I'm sure her story blessed you and your story would probably bless somebody else. So don't hesitate to share the good things that God does in your life. Yeah, it's such a great reminder. He's in the details. Yeah. I mean, something as seemingly small as a song that plays yeah. at the perfect time, like God is in the details and cares. I think it's just an yeah. example of his detailed love for us. Right. And I know you're not saying that, but he has no small moment. No, no, right, yeah, no, in the detail absolutely. of how he would cause a particular song to play at a particular moment. Uh, but what a what a great gift! So um, I'm just I was just thankful. I was sorry for those who came Thursday night because they missed the story. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great story. It's a great story. So do you have some questions that have come okay. in? Um, first one here regarding reading our Bibles. Isn't it wrong to read my Bible so I can be blessed? And what do you mean by blessed? So huh. two questions there. Uh, is it wrong to uh, read my Bible to be blessed? Uh, no, not at all. I think that 
it's good and right to long for and be thirsty and hungry for the blessing of the Lord. Now, what do I mean by the blessing of the Lord? If we equate blessing of the Lord equals health, wealth, and prosperity, mm. that's not the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of God was upon His Son perfectly, and He suffered and was despised and rejected and was poor. So He didn't have health, wealth, or prosperity, but He had the blessing of the Lord, which was he had the confidence of the love of the Father at all times, the presence of the Father at all times, even the peace of the Father in the midst of his deepest grief and sorrow. So, I would um, make sure I, that you understand I don't mean health, wealth, and prosperity, but uh, the greatest pleasures, the greatest good in life is well beyond health, wealth, and prosperity. It is in the person and the presence of God. That is why we would say with the scriptures, we would exchange all wealth, all the gold, all the silver, all the riches for the sake of the presence of God. I could have wealth for eternity and never be nearly as happy as I would have had the presence of God for eternity. So that's the blessing of God, the presence of God. God himself is the blessing of God. And therefore, uh, wrong to want that blessing no, I want to experience and practice the presence of God, learn to every moment, every day of my life. That's the blessing. A good differentiator there. Um, the blessing doesn't equate to health. Oh. And because when I think about it, the there's a moment in my life where one going through one of the most difficult challenges of my life when Scripture really became alive to yeah. me, and I experienced it. Yeah as true in my life, and it was not in the midst of health and wealth and right. and good and great. It was in the midst of hard, um, but yet that was a moment that drew me in to truly experience mm -hmm. God's Word as true and active and alive in my life. And it and changed my relationship with Scripture. Has it been perfect since then? No. <laughs> but it yeah. changed my understanding and my, right. um, my desire for God's Word. And I appreciate you connecting it to the Word of God. The The presence of God can seem vague, but the, mm. the Word of God, when the Word of God becomes precious to us, when the Word of God is that which we're thirsty for and hungry for, then it moves out of this. Uh, it's the discipline of reading to the delight and the desire of reading and hearing what the Lord has to say. So uh, that's I appreciate that distinction. That, that the presence of God meets us in the Word of God. Yeah, you start to you experience his character and who he is. And yeah, I don't. Uh, it's it's a mystery. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. The it's true, but it is true for all who have uh, experienced interacting with the Scripture as a child of God. The Word of God speaks speaks to our hearts mm -hmm. and speaks to us in ways that no other book does because it's the Word of God. So I know we're elevating, the point is I'm elevating the Scriptures, and no, I would never want anyone to shrink back thinking that 
uh, I'm reading it. It's wrong to read for the blessing. Now, if the, if you equate that blessing with, well, then my life will be uh, easy and mm. my life will always go well and nothing ever bad will happen to me if you think that of blessing and the pathway that is read your Bible. No, then you're going to be really frustrated with God yeah. because that's not the blessing of God. And again, the person in the life of Jesus who lived in perfect union with the Father is evidence that that is not the blessing of God. Right. Absolutely. Um, so next question here, uh, continuing with reading scripture, what if I disagree with something I read in the Bible? How do I reconcile that? Huh. Well, first of all, uh, let's make sure we understand the Bible correctly. If you read something and you come to a conclusion that you disagree with, it may be, it may be that you've understood wrongly, or it may be that you have, uh, when I say understood wrongly, that you're understanding that pa passage wrongly, or it may be very likely that you disagree because you have thought differently and the Word of God is shaping your understanding of truth. Um, it's not only the... it's. The Word of God is not only intended to shape how we think, what we believe to be right and true and good. Uh, Timothy says that all Scripture is inspired for, by God and is profitable for teaching, correction, rebuke, and training in righteousness. So that first, the Word of God is profitable for teaching. It's profitable to understand what is true. So if you have understood the word correctly, accurately, and you disagree with it personally, then what you should do is confess that you have thought differently, maybe live differently, and agree with the Word of God. This is, um, if I can do this with this contraption in front of me. Oh, yeah. You can be, there you go. <laughs> this is why we talk about living here and not here. Because when I live here, I'm saying, I know God's Word says this, but I disagree, and I'm using the Word of God uh as input to consider as opposed to truth to submit to. So if you have understood it uh, accurately, then you should submit to it by acknowledging that you once thought differently. So it's profitable for teaching what is true. It's profitable for correction. In other words, uh, I... This is what I should doing, profitable for rebuke. Uh, this is what I should stop doing. And it's profitable for training in righteousness. This is how I can continue. Training is that continual endurance. So the Word of God not only set, shows me the right path, it gives me and equips me to be able to continue to live on that right path. So bottom line, short answer, if you've understood the Word correctly and you disagree with it, then you submit to it. You confess and you submit to it. You live under the Word of God. And that submission. Um, so I have another question here. So we talked about membership yeah. um, and the role of the under-shepherds of the elders and caring yeah. for the flock. So question here, does every member have an elder assigned to their family? Uh, no, not every member has. There was a time in our history when our body was smaller that significantly smaller, that every family was uh, connected to a particular mm. elder. Now, um, 
with our body much larger. We have a group of elders and uh, where there is a particular need or particular situation, an elder may take that on, but there is not a specifically defined uh, one-on-one relationship there with each family. So every family has access to the oversight of all the elders in general then. Hmm. I think it was a good description. I, being someone who <laughs> has been at CFC for a while, I've gone through new members. It was kind of that reminder of the, um, the obviously we know the headship of Christ, but then the role of those under shepherds mm-hmm. to truly care for and love those in the in the body. And so it's just a cool picture of that being provided. When, when we think of as elders, and uh, one of the elders here at CFC, of giving account for the souls of this body, don't think that means that we're going to give an account for your obedience or your disobedience. That will be your responsibility before the Lord. Our giving an account before the Lord is that we will, we're accountable that is this body being led in a godly manner? Is it being fed in a godly manner? Is it being protected from error in a godly manner? And is there admonishment given when is needed for those who are part of the family, but one of those in the analogy that Jesus uses that has strayed away? And so to lead, feed, protect, and uh, correct where there is needed correction. That is our accountability. Now, we may correct. We're in a couple situations right now as elders where individuals who have gratefully, uh, when they wanted to be shepherded uh, and they wanted accountability, became members, they have now are currently living in clear disobedience to the Word of God. And so as elders, according to Matthew 18, we have gone to them, we have pursued them, and said to them, called them to repentance, to return to walking with the Lord. Currently, both of those individuals are not heeding the rebuke and correction of the Word of God. We won't give an account for their continued disobedience. We would get we will give an account. Did we pursue them and seek to win them back? They will give an account for what they do with that process. But uh, where my burden is, Tracy, in the local church is people are participating in local churches, but have no expectation that if they are living in clear disobedience to the Word of God, that there would be spiritual leaders who would pursue them and call them to repentance. So that's part of being the body here at, at CFC. And I cannot emphasize enough that we the one of the greatest values of membership is that we are inviting accountability into our lives when we want it so that it will be there when we do not want it mm-hmm. because when you don't want it <clears throat> if you have not 
put it in place when you did, there will be no one there who will seek to win you back to the Lord. So that's why we do membership here. Mm-hmm. So we just had another question come in, kind of now we're transitioning back to uh, being in Scripture and reading. Yeah. Um, how do we know if parts of the Bible are specifically culturally based according to the culture of that day? Uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a big question. Uh, how do I answer that in sixty seconds or less? Uh, there may be scripture that is um, that is wrapped in culture, but there is what we're looking for is not the specific cultural application, but the timeless truth that would. Uh, apply that would be true, timeless, in any culture at any time. So there are, there's a requirement for spiritual leadership uh, in the church, given what we talked about this morning, that it is true for all time. I, I wish I could come off the top of my head with an example of here is a cultural passage that well here 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 would be an, <clears throat> excuse me here be an example <clears throat> we do not consider every <clears throat> excuse me we do not consider the first day of the 7th month july 1st to be a holy day mm-hmm. so we don't practice that is a cultural practice according to the Jewish people at that time. <clears throat> and so it applied to them. We don't think that be, therefore July 1st has to be uh, a day where we don't work, we do publicly read the scripture, and we do have a feast. That was for them, not for us. We do believe that there Every day is holy unto the Lord, and therefore we ought to always find our strength in His joy. So we take that which is timeless, strip it of that which is time time. We take the passage, strip it of that which is time bound, and see what is timeless. I'm not sure that was helpful uh, or not, but that was my best shot in 60 seconds. <laughs> I was trying to think of an example, and so right, that was the one from today. One. Yeah. Well, I think about <clears throat> cultural examples. Like culture may change, but the heart of Scripture doesn't, because the heart of man doesn't right. change. There's still the sin issue. There's still and so those right. cultural situations may change, but as humans, mm-hmm. we've been the same, and it's still a need of a savior. And so I, I often think of it. When, sometimes I struggle with the culture, like when you're reading in the Old Testament, I'm like, okay, what's the heart issue here? Right. <clears throat> well, here's a quick, here's another example as you were talking. A couple of weeks ago, Ryan Toller uh, talked about uh, not red carpeting mm-hmm. our righteousness. And he used a cultural example now of red carpeting righteousness. So right. we understand in our culture, red carpet. A uh, hundred years from now, they may go, what? What do you mean, red carpet your righteousness? Well, that's what we mean in our time. In the text, it said, don't blow the trumpets. 
Right. Well, that was a cultural example uh, that's equated to our red carpeting. Strip the then and now of the cultural example, and what do you have? You have this timeless truth. Don't live out your righteousness to be noticed by man. That's timeless. Trumpets were cultural. Red carpet is cultural, and something different will be cultural in the future, but it doesn't mm-hmm. change the timeless truth don't live out your righteousness to be noticed by men. Yeah, good example. Good example there. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really do appreciate all your questions and hope you have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.